options. I know I do. Where's Don Keerley and Julie? There they are. So how's Hawaii this past week? They went to Hawaii. I like it. They got a bit of a tan going. Happy for them. But yeah, when I think of vacations, though, I think back to when I was a kid and I would go on these long driving vacations with my family. My parents are actually here today. Uh, they're right there, but yes. They're in Milwaukee area. Uh, came down to just listen to me ramble. I mean, preach, but yes. But yeah, we would uh, load up my sisters and myself into this Honda Odyssey minivan, and we went on these long road trips across the country for two to three weeks at a time. Us three kids and the parents in a minivan for two to three weeks at a time. I'm just proud that my parents put up with us for that long. I'm sure there were moments, uh, but yes. But we went to Florida and back. We went to Niagara Falls and back. We went to San Diego and back. But looking back on them, these trips were remarkable for me to go on as a young kid. It brought my perspective to a world much larger than myself. I wish that I paid more attention to the places that I went along the way. And that's what we've done over these past six weeks here at Emmanuel. On the sermon series, The Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi, we've taken these little vacations to some of the places in the biblical story. We've learned a little bit more about their significance and their meaning. We've taken a trip to Bethlehem and saw how Jesus um, was born through the eyes of the Jewish listeners. We've looked at Cana in Galilee, where Jesus provides celebration in a wedding, not judgment. We've explored the ministry headquarters of Capernaum and Jesus' radical teachings on forgiveness. We sat at the shores of the Sea of Galilee as we joined Peter in unburdening ourselves at his feet. We've ascended Mount Moriah, watching Abraham demonstrate his faith in God's provision. And to close the series for today, we don't just have one location, but three. So bear with the new pastor, as you guys will be here all day as I talk about three places. Three locations where God chose to interact with his people. Eden, Jerusalem, and the New Jerusalem. Have you ever wonder what the original creation was like? If you read the first few chapters of the Bible, the creation account, there's an order to it all. And at the end of six days of creating, God took the dust of the ground and formed Adam, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he placed him then in Eden, with his wife, Eve. This was a remarkable place worth protecting. After all, a man protects what he loves. And Adam had a lot to love. He lived in communion with God, had the perfect woman with him, and he had a pretty sweet job. Now, Eden was a perfect garden. The garden was made for him to tend and to keep. Could you imagine how amazing of a job that was? I like to garden, but does anyone else here like to garden, have a farming background? A little bit, yeah? Now, I do enjoy gardening, but 
I'll be honest, working that ground can be very hard work. You till, you fertilize the soil, you water the plants. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. There is genuine beauty in watching something care for it, nurture it, you protect it from weeds and from pests. Now imagine a garden perfectly grown, cultivated. This was Adam's job, his calling. I can't even begin to imagine how great it was. It was beautiful. He had the perfect job. He lived in harmony with God, and he had the crown jewel of creation Eve as his wife to love and to cherish. Adam had every good thing that we could possibly imagine. It's hard to imagine what lengths a man would go to protect this perfect paradise. However, failing to protect this paradise was exactly his sin. Now, in the Christian church, Eve often gets a bad reputation. After all, she was the one who listened to the serpent. She was the one who ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil first. But where was Adam during this interaction? When the serpent was speaking to his wife. Here again, Genesis chapter 3. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. All that Adam did was stand by as he watched the embodiment of evil corrupt the thing that he loved the most. His role was that of, is, was a protector. He was a guardian, both of God's creation and especially his wife Eve. He was called to be her safeguard, just as he was entrusted to care for the garden. Yes, Eve ate of the tree, but Adam failed to act when he was confronted with evil. Adam failed to protect Eve. He failed to protect that which he loved. And in the aftermath of that choice, Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, and all mankind groans on and on, even still today, in a desert of sin that you and I feel. It's why we struggle to protect and to care for the people that we love. It's why we are ultimately doomed to die. As our second reading for today says, for as in Adam, all die. Due to one man's sin of failing to protect that which he loved, we experience sin, brokenness, and death. We needed a new man, the man, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And at the end of his three-year ministry, he came to quite the city, Jerusalem, which is our second location for today. Now, Jerusalem is an ancient city. It's been the seat of authority for the Jewish people, dating all the way back to the Old Testament king, David. He established a royal residence there, and his son, Solomon, built a temple there to God. This was the city where God chose to interact with his creation. 
But those foundations that had been established by David had long since faded. It was now just a small, insignificant city in the vast Roman Empire. It had been conquered by foreign power after foreign power. And more than this, it had become rife with corruption. Jerusalem was an awful city. It witnessed violence, injustice, rebellion. Even though it was meant to be the city of God, the place where God resided with his people, it was about as far away from Eden as you could get. But that did not deter the true man, Jesus Christ, from his heroic mission, the protection of his people. Jesus rescued all who believe in him. There was but one path for him to walk, leading to his death. Even though he was tried unjustly by the Jewish authorities, even when he was beaten and whipped, even when the Roman authorities failed to act in his defense, even when crowds of the people of Jerusalem were shouting for his crucifixion, even when he was nailed to a tree on a hill overlooking this broken, flawed, awful city, and even when he breathed his last, he was not deterred from his goal. He laid down his life on the cross, making payment for our sins and defeating death itself in his resurrection. He was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, and he proved to be the ultimate protector in his resurrection. This is because in his resurrection, Jesus has destroyed death forever. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, you and I will too. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians, our second reading for today, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through one man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. As in Adam, all die. Even so in Christ, all shall be made alive. Just as Adam brought sin and death into this world, by failing to protect what he loved, Jesus protects, he rescues the ones who believe in him by forgiving their sins and promising them eternal life in his coming kingdom. You and I have been rescued for a purpose. You're a citizen of the new Jerusalem, the holy city of God. As we journey through scripture, we find that the story of God's redemption doesn't end with a garden. The new creation, the when we will be raised from the dead, is not a garden, it's a city. Given the backdrop of cities we might know, like Jerusalem and the conflict that rages there, or Chicago, for that matter, this might seem hard to believe but it's true. Revelation 21 says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Imagine it. 
a city freed from corruption, of violence. Later in the chapter, God says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. We wait and long for the day that Christ comes again on the last day, on Judgment Day. And the city becomes fully realized. But yet, in the meantime, this city endures even still today. This is because the holy city is wherever the people of God are. And this brings us to our last location for today, the last location for our sermon series. And it's 300 South Pathway Court, Crystal Lake, Illinois, 60014 at 11.36 a.m. And I'll try to get you out by noon. While these past few weeks have been fun, we're done with taking vacations to different places. This is because the city of God is present right here, right now. And as citizens of the city, we are entitled to certain promises. For, from Jesus, we receive forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life in his coming kingdom. And also, as citizens, we have different tasks to do. Just as Adam was called to protect the garden and his wife Eve, just as Jesus saved those who believe in him, you and I are called to live responsible to our vocations. And you and I have many different vocations or callings in life. For example, I've been called to be a fiancé. She's right there. She's awesome. Say hi later. I'm sorry for embarrassing you, but yes. I've been called to be a son, a brother, a pastor, a godfather. You guys, I can't wait for you to meet my niece one day. She's adorable. But yes, I'm called to be a citizen of the United States. Vocations are seeing different people that God has placed in your life and dedicating your life to serving them. It's a sacred duty. It's an honor. What about you? What are some of the vocations that you've been placed into? Are you a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, a husband or wife? And what about work? And how's your attitude to all of that? You and I are called to live sacrificial lives to those around us, just as Jesus did in his death on the cross. And what's the result? We live in Christian community with each other. It's a city, after all, which all of us reside in. How many of you came here because of the care and support of someone else? Maybe you were raised in the church like I was, and your parents instilled this in you from a very young age. Or maybe you found God later in life. But I'm willing to bet that for most of you, you came about it through the intentional sacrifice of the time and energy of someone else. We spend our lives in humble service to each other, striving to protect and care for one another. In community, we find strength 
in times of weakness, encouragement in despair, companionship in loneliness. As we bear one another's burdens and celebrate each other's joys, we embody the protection and the love of Christ himself. And everything is centered around Christ, our King. After all, Christ isn't his last name. It's his title. It means Messiah, King, the promised ruler of all. And rule he does in every part of your life. He is the king of this holy city, the new Jerusalem, which spreads its way from here all the way around the world. He makes us alive and has saved us from the powers of sin and death. We get to live together in regular community with one another. Let's take heart in the joyful tasks of our vocations and enjoy living in the holy city of God. Amen. Please stand as we confess our